to scale the team, something important that we changed as well, um, just to finish up, was the fact, I think when you're, when you're building your team, something important that you think about is who are the people that are going to fit our culture so that we can start building this great culture that we have, right? When you have that, I think the question you need to start um, asking yourself during the recruitment process is, what kind of people can add something to the, to the culture that we already have, right? So challenging what we already have in place, um, bringing something new to the team. And I think that's super special and that's very, very important. And that's what will help you scale. So uh, Maria and Mariana, it's really, really pleased to be chatting with you today. Um, first of all, thank you for joining us on the Scaling So Far podcast. It's uh, really great to have you with us. Um, so for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves to kick things off, please? Maria, should we start with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we are quite happy to receive the invite. I think this is the first podcast that we do, not counting with one that we tried to record ourselves that <laughs> uh, didn't end up so great. So it's uh, really cool that uh, we get to do this for the first time uh, with you guys. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm currently head of Ops and People at Valley Space. My background is actually in law and business, which was really helpful when I got started here at Valley Space. Um, I got started in 2018, so a long time ago now. And we were only four or five, I believe. And at the time, everything was needed to be set up. So that background of having both the law and the business side, uh, I think it really helped me um, go along uh, in the growth of the, of the company. Um, and of course, since then, I'm really happy to uh, have been joined by Mariana uh, for, for the people part. It's been a dream working with her. Um, as for outside of value space, uh, I do a little bit of what everyone does, I believe, uh, especially when we do interviews and we ask, uh, what do you like to do outside of work? I realize that everyone kind of has the same interest. So, of course, reading. Uh, I'm currently trying to complete a reading challenge uh, until the end of the year. So I'm not sure if I'll make it because I still have five books to, to catch up on. Um, but besides that, I love to travel, I love to go on hikes and adventures, uh, I love the beach. As a true Portuguese person, uh, the beach is where I feel most comfortable uh, at, and that's more or less it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. It's really lovely to meet you. Um, and Marina? Yeah, hi everyone. So, um, well, uh, my background is also not in tech or in people or anything related. Uh, my background is actually in hospitality and that's where I started my career. Um, and I've seen both sides of HR and people operations, right? So I know the real difference between these two. Um, and I think it's something that I'm always, always uh, trying to uh, get some you know backup on and like trying to get people to understand the difference between HR and people and I hate it when people don't um, try at least to to understand this difference because there is a, a real difference um, so yeah I started my career in in the hotel business uh, first uh, in in the operation side of things so front office and so on um, and then uh, I moved to to the tech startup world um, and and joined the people operations team. Um, and I've, I've joined another tech startup before uh, joining Valley Space, uh, and I was there for a year and a half. Um, and then I met Maria, and I think it was destiny. 
uh, and now we're working together and, and it's been lovely. Um, so uh, besides that, I'm from Portugal, not from Lisbon, though, where Valley Space is based. I'm from the south of Portugal, so where all, where all the nice beaches are. Um, so the beach is also the place that I feel most comfortable with. I love uh, walking my dog by the beach. Um, and besides that, in terms of interests, it's exactly what Maria said, I guess. We're just two very normal people. Aside from the like normal interests of everyone, like reading, listening to music, going to festivals, whatnot, I really enjoy doing ceramics and tapestry and weaving. So that's those are two things that I used to do uh, during quarantine and when I did not have a dog. So since I have a dog, my time is pretty busy, but I try to I, I try to do it as much as I can. And um, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, as, as a person with two dogs, I can completely understand that. And it sounds like you guys are a match made in heaven. You speak so highly of each other, which is really lovely to hear. Um, and 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 you work in a company of rocket scientists, which for me is just the most, the most amazing thing, right? Um, so Valispace launched in 2016 with some incredibly talented founders by the looks of things. Um, a really, really interesting company and a really interesting proposition. So would you mind sharing a bit about your mission, vision, values? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think one of the most amazing things about Valley Space before we get into our mission and vision is that uh, it was actually founded, and you mentioned that too, it was founded by people that worked in the uh, space industry before, right? So, and why this is so important for me is that um, they realize the actual need to, for Valley Space to exist, right? And I think this is major for a startup. Um, and uh, going a bit deeper into our mission. So I think the best way to describe it is that we are enabling hardware, agile hardware engineering. And we do that because as of today, um, the time and cost that it takes to make significant new innovations that will actually help solve our current problems like climate change um, and so on has really grown. Uh, and so to, um, to, to help that, uh, there is a clear need to speed up fast iterations and, and agile hardware development to bring us that promised future sooner. And that's basically what Valley Space is trying to do via our software. How you explain it makes a lot <laughs> for a, 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 a non-technical person like me reading your website for the first time, I was like, wow, these people are super smart. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's awesome to hear you speak about it that way. I mean, in terms of um, kind of how it's been set up. Maria, you've been there, well, really since the beginning, as you said, you know, four or five people. So you've hired almost everyone on the team today, including the wonderful Mariana. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Were you setting up from scratch? Was there anything in existence already? How did you go about that? What was your approach? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I don't think I really knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I guess I like a little bit of craziness. Um, so because I, I started at Valley Space right after finishing my master's. So I had no real work experience besides uh, the internships that I've uh, done before while I was studying. Uh, but this was, you know, the first time that I was working at a real company. The thing is that the real company was still developing and uh, it was quite hard to understand that, you know, you, I didn't have everything um, in my power to, to, you know, come in and actually apply it. I had to first build it. I had to first think about uh, what the best process was. 
uh, it's not like someone was giving me processes and I would just uh, implement them. So I think that was the trickier part, not really having anything. It was clean uh, slate, state, how do you say it? Slate, clean yeah. slate, mm -hmm. um, which was scary, but at the same time, quite cool because you get to uh, basically draw the growth of a company uh, alongside with the founders uh, and have, let's say, your your own footprints uh, in what Valley Space is uh, right now and today. And that started, of course, with the with hiring the right team. Um, and at the time, in the beginning, uh, there was no clear process, to be honest. Uh, but at the same time, uh, since I've been doing a lot of interviews in the past, uh, I interviews were always something was always something that scared me when I was studying. So the way that I coped with that was to uh, go for a lot of interviews and a lot of in, uh, recruitment processes. I don't think Mariana knows this actually. <laughs> uh, but every time I saw a new position for an internship or a job, even if I didn't really want to apply, I would go for it anyways, just to get the experience and see what other companies were doing in the recruitment processes, the questions they would ask me. I always thought that uh, people ask the most random things, but it, in the end, it kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, sometimes it made sense. Sometimes, other times, <laughs> it didn't really make a lot of sense, some of the questions. Uh, but it was cool to see how the recruitment processes uh, were established for companies. And I think that inspired me a lot while developing the, um, the hiring process for Valley Space, which, as I mentioned in the beginning, was very loose. Uh, but then it started having a real rhythm to it, a real process. Uh, we had interview guidelines for each step. We would prepare the team uh, for each step of the recruitment process. Um, and I think that was really necessary for us to make sure that we are uh, the gatekeepers, let's say, of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, allowing the, the team to be diverse uh, and to include smart people uh, who are also kind. I think that's uh, also something we, we need to look for in the recruitment process, both, you know, the technical skills, but the soft skills. So um, that's basically how it all got started. We, we started just with a few interviews, just me and Luis, uh, the founder at the time. And then we started integrating more team members into the process. And of course, the, the more people are involved, the more process you need and the more structure you need. Uh, and I think it just came naturally um, with the way that we did the, the recruitment process. But of course, it all got way better once Mariana joined. Uh, she optimized the process, <laughs> uh, which just to give you an idea before for us to hire a software developer, it would take us three to six months. Um, but then when Mariana joined, she, she basically saw that that was impossible if we wanted to, to, to keep doing, if we wanted to scale. Uh, and she went out there and asked people what they were doing and how they were working. Uh, and basically now uh, we already had people being hired in just one week. So from beginning to end in one week, which I think is uh, mind blowing. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I mean, I, I, read, um, I read on your website around your, um, one of your values being kind of getting involved and getting your hands dirty and, and kind of understanding and learning it yourself. And actually it seems that both of you just do that naturally. I love the fact that you went and basically did a load of research on every company and how they 
were doing interviews just by experiencing it yourself. And I, I expect that was a really kind of interesting way of seeing kind of how you felt when you came out of those interviews to say, actually, that's a, I mean, it was a lot of your time, right? But, <laughs> but also a really interesting way for you to feel like, actually, that worked really well. I'll use that as part of my process. I mean, I guess as part of the kind of um, the scaling piece and, you know, I've seen this with organisations before as they get bigger, trying to keep the quality of the interviewing and the quality of the people that you're bringing in can sometimes be quite difficult as you bring in more interviewers into the fold, right? So how, how has that kind of changed as you've been going, because you've implemented your first process, you said it was quite loose at the beginning and then it came through, but has that changed kind of much as you've been scaling that team? So have you had to do more training? Is there more structure around the type of individuals you need as well as the process? Yes, definitely. I think what has helped us was to already have a predefined set of questions that people really need to ask. Yeah. Uh, of course, they can go uh, off script, let's say like this, if the conversation leads them there, but they always need to come back and ask specific questions. Mm -hmm. um, and it's based on those answers that we can then assess if the person uh, has the right skills or not. Uh, sometimes, even with uh, all the interviews that we do and all the questions that we ask, it's still not clear who is the right person, right? Sometimes we have two people who are strong in different uh, ways. Uh, they both have their, their strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, and it's a really, really hard uh, decision to make, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just based on intuition. I, I know this is not uh, a good answer to give, but we do need to trust our intuition and also the experience that we have from the past, sometimes to, to take the, the final decision. But uh, I think it's always super important that you have a, um, an objective process in the sense that you know that everyone is going to be treated fairly and in the same way up until the moment when you have to make a decision. And that's, of course, uh, the combination of everything that you heard, everything that you saw about the person um, that will then allow you to, to make that final decision. But mm -hmm. I think what is really important um, in the, what was already important in the beginning and is still important now is to make sure that the team knows what the questions are and what we're looking for. So there's always, let's say, when we, we open a new position, Mediana always does a debrief with the, the team that will be involved in the recruitment process to ensure that everyone is aligned in, as to uh, you know, what type of, type of person are we looking for? What are the values that they need to have? What are the skills that uh, they also need to have experience on? So that debrief is always fundamental to make sure that the recruitment process runs smoothly. Um, for me, it's super important that we have at least a semi-structured process, right? I think that's the only way to make it work and to have like great interviews and a great candidate experience. It's obvious, like we have, a, a, as, as Maria said, interview guidelines. And to be honest, I was very surprised when I joined Valley Space, like such an early stage startup with already such a, a good process in place, you know, and already quite structured. Um, so, so yeah, uh, having a semi-structured process is super important allowing for to allow people to have just a regular conversation and make candidates feel comfortable as well. But at the same time, having some specific questions that they need to ask so that we get the answers that we need in order to make a good final decision at the end, right? Um, 
and we we are able to do that because beforehand there's some pre-work I do together with the hiring manager and the team as Maria was saying so before we get into speaking with the team I do have a meeting with the hiring manager which by the way is fully responsible and makes really hiring a priority that's also super important for hiring to run smoothly um, and sometimes that's why there are a lot of misalignments and sometimes like some positions take longer because the hiring team is not fully responsible and not owning completely the recruitment process to scale the team something important that we changed as well um, just to finish up was the fact I think when you when you're building your team something important that you think about is who are the people that are going to fit our culture so that we can start building this great culture that we have, right? When you have that, I think the question you need to start um, asking yourselves during the recruitment process is what kind of people can add something to the, to the culture that we already have, right? So challenging what we already have in place, um, bringing something new to the team. And I think that's super special and that's very, very important. And that's what will help you scale in the, in the end, right? Sorry. Um, and uh, and yeah, then we moved totally into structured hiring, right? So we have our ATS now running. We have data reports, and we really try to try to move into data driven hiring as well. Um, hearing to what the candidates have to say, like improving their experience um, each time we we open a new recruitment process. Um, and then, as Maria said, we had a, a big big revamp revamp in the hiring process for for tech roles that really helped us to. Um, obviously improve the candidate experience on that side um, and make it much faster to to hire um, candidates. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that you guys are flexible in this kind of regard, right? Like, and when you were talking about, um, you know, you, 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 you have to look at things as you go to say, okay, here's the culture we were trying to foster in the beginning. Here's the sort of behaviors that we were looking at. But actually, we don't want to just recruit the same person over and over and over and over again. Um, and we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna talk about diversity a little bit later on um, in this conversation. But you know, making sure you have a diversity of um, behaviors, communication styles. You know, it's that initiative thing you were talking about, Maria, in terms of like how do we, how do we make sure that we aren't just cloning people <laughs> and having an army of, of, of people who are exactly the same, especially in a startup that's, you know, growing as effectively as you guys. Um, and some, something, sorry, just to add something also to think about um, as the team grows is how a certain person will fit into an already existing team, right? Because you want to have a well-balanced team. If you already have a team that you see that everyone is very, let's say, subordinate in the sense that they say yes to everything and they don't question anything, that's also not good, right? It's good to have people who say yes, but it's also good uh, to have people who question things. So when you're hiring, you always see, okay, what does this team actually need? Do they need a yes sayer? Do they need someone who brings a little bit of tension to make things happen uh, and to bring things forward? Um, how will this person fit with their team leads? Uh, are there going to be conflicts or not, depending on the personalities? So everything uh, counts when you make the decision. And especially when you scale the team, that's even more important because it's not like that person is going to be isolated, right? They're going to be involved uh, with other people that will affect their work and vice versa. Because cultural alignment is actually a core step in your process, isn't it, right? Yes. So, after the, so once you've made sure they are available, interested, you've done the technical bit, you know they can do the job, 
I love that there's a whole separate step for will you fit with us? What can you bring to us? Um, I love that. Um, so in terms of this has been quite a process for you guys, right? In terms of setting things up and making sure that things are, are, are working. What would be your core learnings, your big learnings for other organizations or other um, people and talent, you know, uh, leaders that are com coming into this space, into the um, startup tech space? What, <laughs> what would you tell them? What would be your um, hints and tips? Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe I can get started. So um i th i thought about it a couple i would say that first and most importantly always ask feedback from your team and also from the candidates if we're now focusing on the re recruitment process um but it's essential to always listen to your team regardless of whatever you're doing it could be just to set up a remote friendly uh, policy as we will probably mention in a bit uh mm -hmm. from also creating a recruitment process always listen to what is working or not to your from your team perspective so you can adjust accordingly and of course in the recruitment process it's even more important to listen to the candidates right to understand if they're having a good experience, a bad experience, uh, how they were treated, if the questions made sense for them or not. Um, then I would also say that a big learning is that structure and process is key uh, to make sure that you have objective, um, an objective uh, recruitment process. Mm -hmm. uh, again, that you then have, uh, that, that you then bring diverse people into the team and that you respect um, everyone in a fair way. Um, I think another big learning is that uh, you don't always get it right, uh, even if you follow the process, uh, even if you think that you have the right person, sometimes people surprise you, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, uh, but that's just also part of it, so it's okay if you don't always hire the right person, um, as long as, you know, you did everything in your power to make sure um, that that person would eventually be be right for your team um, and again uh, if you're someone working for in a in a people team uh, make sure that you're the gatekeeper as i mentioned previously right because you're the first person that candidates we're will uh, hear from um, so you'll be representing the company but you will also be protecting the company uh, and that's super important when uh, developing um, a recruitment process too it's quality control, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So that's kind of been your journey to date. So what does the road ahead look like from a people and talent perspective at Ballast Bay? So are there any specific initiatives that you're going to be focusing on to achieve your growth goals going forward? Uh, yeah, there are. Well, uh, we do have some some strategy in place or we're, we're putting into, into place right now. So I think that the most important things we're focusing on right now is we are so we already have quite some processes in place so one of our focuses right now is actually to improve on these processes so we have our hiring process like now let's rethink a bit and iterate a bit on um how we can make it better even right how we can make it faster um how we can try to fail less on in terms of hiring right um and how can we train the team into adapting to these to to this new hiring process as well better uh, then um, we also have our processes in terms of um, growth, right? So we don't, at Valley Space, we don't speak about performance reviews. We instead speak about growth alignment reviews, um, which happen. So we have a growth alignment process. 
we have these big reviews that happen like uh, twice a year, but then we have like small check-ins like that happen um, another twice a year, I believe, right, Maria? So once per quarter. Um, and and this is to help people really think about how they wish to grow within the company and how we can help support them um, into achieving those those growth goals, right? Um, so, but that process is just it it has just begun. So we're actually going to to um, to have our first trial, let's say, um, in October, I believe. Uh, and um, and then we're going to see how that works and we're going to see how to revamp that and how to improve that. We're going to listen to the team, get some feedback on that and, and improve that as well. We're obviously not only going to improve processes, but there because we are at an early stage, we have to still bring some more processes in, even though sometimes it's hard to for people to to accept that. But it's true that we need it because we're, we're getting quite quite large now. So we need to have some more structure um, going. And uh, just to, to finalize, really, I think um, one big thing for us right now is the fact that we're actually trying to consolidate the team that we have at the moment, right? So not only thinking about scaling and bringing new team members into, um, into Valley Space, but also thinking with the team that we have right now, how can we make them most engaged? How can we make them most motivated? How can we make them most, you know, the happiest team on earth? And, um, and that goes a lot with um, where... We're, we're working in different ways and doing our own research in terms of coaching the team and, um, and so on. So I think that's, that's something really big for, for people ops uh, at Valley Space right now. Just maybe adding one thing on top of that is uh, celebrating wins. That has become a really big topic. Uh, and by this, I mean that after uh, staying away from each other for so long with the pandemic and now the remote work policy, we sometimes forget to celebrate with each other uh, the little wins of every day, uh, you know, uh, because some people are not at the office and it's not as easy to, to go grab a coffee and say, hey, congrats on this. I really saw that you did a great job here and there, uh, which is part of our job, but also of uh, other, the rest of the team should congratulate each other on, on these little wins. And we want to focus more on that, uh, having more celebrations uh, along the way. I love that. And, and, and I love the uh, the growth alignment reviews. I'm sure there will be some people stealing that, um, <laughs> me included. Um, I, I really like the fact that it's it's not just looking at an individual's needs. It's looking at the company requirements and how that how that kind of feeds into it. Um, really like that. Um, so I guess another initiative that I know you guys are working on quite strongly is the hiring of um, more diverse talent in the developer space. That's obviously strategic and tactical measures to make sure that you're driving that agenda forward in terms of hiring those female developers. So maybe if we look at this from a recruitment perspective um, and then also from an internal existing employees perspective, because as you mentioned, like making sure that the people you've got are doing everything they can be and want to be is an incredibly important thing for you guys. So. Yeah, for sure. So I think one, uh, the first most important thing that we've done in terms of of, of bringing this this awareness of of diversity in um, in hiring female developers and so on, um, was the fact that we really needed to work on educating the team on how important diversity is, on how the numbers were in the company, and how um, and what we could do in order to to mitigate that. Right, um, and so um, besides like you know speaking with the team and having like circles of discussion around this topic in like 
small gatherings and 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 all hands meetings and so on. We actually invested in an unconscious bias training that really helped us to understand how we can, uh, again, mitigate some behaviors and some actions that we have in order to not discriminate uh, against women or against uh, um, gender, against race, against whatever, right? Um, and then, um, so that was the first step, I think, for us to start really changing. Um, and then we have other um, actionables, let's say, or other ideas that, that we implemented. So our whole employer branding became much more gender, gender neutral, right? So we had to actually dig deep into understanding uh, what is a gender neutral language, right? So we had to go over our, jo our job descriptions, um, check for those wording wordings that were not matching that, that gender neutral way of, uh, way of communicating, um, as well as job advertisements and LinkedIn communication and Instagram communication and whatnot. Then um, we also did a, a, a women hackathon. Um, I think it was, was it this year or last year, Maria? Yeah, it was already in January this year. Yeah. Um, and that was cool as well to see, uh, to, like empowering women to actually solve tech challenges and getting to know some more tech talent al along the way as well, female tech talent. Um, and then um, we also added in all our job descriptions, this was something really cool and something that we continuously get feedback, like positive feedback on from candidates and from the team. Um, we added a short paragraph at the end of every job description that is posted online um, that gives you the number of, you know, some statistics in terms of like, um, how many women quit applying jobs when they don't meet all the criteria and actually we also leave a, a, a small message saying like, please don't do this. You know, we want to hear from you anyway, even if you don't match all the criteria, right? Um, and, and this is something really cool and something that I, I'm, I'm getting the chills now because we actually do get a lot of positive feedback from this. And finally, uh, we also launched this diversity campaign online, um, again, focused on, on, female, on hiring female developers um, with some really powerful, powerful messaging uh, in... Um, Really, our idea was really to shock the audience, you know, a bit, uh, and to and to put us out there uh, and say like, hey, we actually um, are not good. You know, we are good at software development, but hey, we are still not good at diversity. So help us out. You know, we want to get to know you. We want to meet you. Um, this was something cool as well. Um, I guess I'm not forgetting anything, but I think um, something that we continuously do and something that is just really very, very important is that we, we try to continuously educate the team um, on the numbers and on the importance of diversity because it is, we shouldn't assume that it is obvious, obvious for everyone, you know, because it is a male-dominated industry and when you are amongst that, um, that environment you, and, and in your busy day-to-day, -day, you unconsciously don't realize it you know you just genuinely don't realize how important it is and how how important it is to have a diverse team and um and how negative it is to not have as many female uh people in your team as well as mediana was saying for the social media campaigns our goal was to be a bit uh, provocative i would say uh but also looking inwards and i think that's something that companies need to do more often which is looking at themselves right and realizing that they're not perfect they're not actually doing what they set out to do right in our values we say that we want a diverse team but then but then if in our recruitment process in if in our employer branding initiatives we don't do anything focused on that then we're failing at it um so sometimes also just looking inwards is really the brave thing to do and the right thing to do as well
I totally get that. And I think um, I, I, so I'm, my, it's a big passion of mine, the, the DNI piece as well. So I love how passionate you guys are about it as well. Um, I've run a couple of those those hackathons as well. It's it's such a it's such an electric atmosphere because it's kind of a little bit. I know it's a little bit old fashioned, but it's a little bit girl power, and everyone gets together and they want to chat about stuff, and it's great. Um, I also I, I had read the um, statistic at the bottom of your um, adverts. It's something like sixty percent or men only. Uh, men will apply when they feel like they've had they meet sixty percent of criteria, but women feel like they need to meet one hundred percent. Or uh, and, and you know, I think that's a really interesting thing, something that really resonated with me actually. Um, but you know, I think um, I, I I I love how much kind of emphasis you guys are putting on this because you know I think from an outsider's perspective, if you think rocket scientists, you immediately think men right like it's a it's an unconscious thing it comes directly into your mind you don't really think about it um but you know and and I also love that um I read that your your founder has a one of your founders has a daughter aspiring rocket scientist I love that as well so that that's a that's a really powerful thing for me too um and I think something which kind of supports that DNI thing is the um ability to um remote work and you've talked about remote working a few times um during this session already but you've relatively recently launched a remote friendly policy right so it'd be great to hear a little bit more about that why you put it in how you've implemented that change sure i'll try to keep it short because i could talk about it forever <laughs> because it's been such a huge process uh again a lot of ups and downs iterations with the team a lot of uh reading i think i i read so many blog articles uh about you know the do's and don'ts of, of remote work what certain companies uh were doing differently uh and then in portugal it's a very conservative uh country still and companies are still very conservative and from my friends everyone was getting back to work uh even during the pandemic uh so it was weird to to have you know this stage of what do we do? Where do we fit in? Are we fully remote? Are we a hybrid uh, situation? Are, are we going to make everyone come to the office? So there were a lot of questions that needed an answer to. And even when you think that you have the main answer saying, okay, we are remote friendly, what does exactly this mean? You know, what can our team expect from this remote friendly policy? Um, so it was a learning process. I, I think it still is. I wouldn't say that we have a bulletproof policy. Uh, we are, I think we are on a good track, um, but for sure now that the pandemic is over, we'll have to revisit again uh, some of the things that we, we established. So just in summary, the remote friendly policy that we have currently in place means that uh, our hiring focus is in Portugal, meaning that we try to hire locally to make sure that it's easy for the team to meet. Um, but of course, uh, sometimes depending on the type of skills that we're looking for or the language that we're looking for, we might need to look abroad, uh, but the focus will remain in Portugal. Um, so that if we want to get together, logistics aren't as hard uh, as if we were all in different places in the world. However, if people want to work from anywhere else, they can do so, right? So we don't really uh, give restrictions as to where they should be at a given time. 
Um, and what we do provide is a budget for them to come uh, four times um, per year, whenever they, they choose to, which we call ad hoc weeks. So they can just choose any given week to, to come to Lisbon and we pay for accommodation and travel, uh, which I think is a good incentive for them to come more often. Um, we also have a commuting budget for people who live in Lisbon uh, to make sure that they can comfortably come to the, come to the office. Um, and besides that, what we created was what we call the boost weeks. Um, the boost weeks are weeks where we want to boost everyone up, basically, and make sure that we connect. Um, so those are predefined weeks. So in comparison with the ad hoc weeks, uh, these are weeks that we already have in our calendar for the year. Um, everyone is, uh, should be at the office during those weeks. And then we divide the, the days uh, between teams uh, so that there's also not a huge crowd suddenly at the office. Um, but the goal is that we have four weeks in the year that we know that we will all meet each other, we do something fun together. Uh, it will be mostly about brainstorming, strategy thinking, uh, thinking. Uh, it will be about whiteboarding sessions. So it's going to be weeks where we have more dynamic work um, and to ensure that everyone gets uh, realigned and connected. Um, so that's in, in some what we do, right? So focus in Portugal, people can work from anywhere. We have predefined weeks where everyone meets and we also support uh, people throughout the year if they want to join us here in Lisbon. So that's uh, more or less what we do. Um, so for, for the, the boost weeks, what it's also cool that we do, as Maria is saying, like we mix teams up uh, throughout the week. And the idea is that we, we actually try to make them work closer together, right? So, and we actually ask team leads from Valley Space, like, who do you feel that you need to actually get in touch with during this boost week, right? So who do you feel you need to be close to this week um, because you're having some challenges together or you're having issues communicating together or, you know, you need to work closer together for some reason. You need to have a whiteboarding session or something like that, right? So we actually, it, it's all strategic, right? The way we we plan these weeks um, and we always have an, an all-hands day for us to all be together, but then on the other days, we try to actually be strategic in, in, in that, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Love that. So how, how does that work kind of outside of the boost weeks or outside? So if you have more people who are remote, are you finding you're needing to do more kind of proactive connection building as people have been working more from home? Yeah. So for, for the last uh, couple of months, we've been seeing how this policy is coming together, right? Who is coming to the office? Uh, are more people staying at home? Uh, what are their needs? And th we are already having some learning. So first, uh, there's more people staying at home than coming to the office, despite having the incentives that we give. So this means that, you know, the home setup is something that people value. That's also why we also decided to create a home office budget, uh, which people can use to have, you know, their main setup at home and feel comfortable there. Um, but we, throughout the, the last few months, we also saw that a connection gets lost in the meantime, right? So we, we try and we incentivize people to meet at the office uh, by doing after work drinks or by having Friday breakfasts, um, you know, by saying this week, there's going to be a rocket lunch. Let's all get together. 
order some pizzas and watch the rocket launch uh, from the office. So yes, we're that nerdy. <laughs> It's so cool. You guys have such a cool job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's through. So I think the people ops team really needs to drive the connection forward and remind people that it is essential for their work to have the, the connection and the empathy as well. I think something that got lost during the pandemic was Uh, understanding what others do because we don't see others working, right? So when you're at home alone, you're in your, your own worlds and you think that whatever you're doing is the priority and whatever it is that you're doing needs to have your focus. When you come to the office, you see that everyone else is just as focused and has their own priorities. So you need to respect their space. You need to communicate better. You need to make sure that Uh, whenever they ask you something is because they really need it uh, instead of ignoring it, right? Um, so bringing people together creates a new sense of empathy for whatever everyone is doing and understanding of their work. And I think that's super important and can't be forgotten for sure. It is incredibly important. And, you know, as, as more organizations become more kind of remote first in their working, there needs to be kind of that, understanding right back from the beginning right so when you're hiring people and you're going through that cultural alignment piece people need to know that this is how you work as a business and this is how it's going to work going forward um, and that's going to become more and more prevalent in the in the tech space in the startup space in terms of how people do this there's a lot of companies who've been working fully remote for a long long time and there's a lot that we can learn from them I think um, But it's, it's great to see that you guys are proactively thinking about how you can make sure there's still a connection there. Um, so I'm aware of time. So in terms of um, kind of a, a, a key piece of information, right? So all this learning throughout your scale up and how you, through your growth and, you know, you guys have been working incredibly hard to make sure this is a, um, an efficient and an effective process. What... What's the one piece of advice that each of you would give to, to people on operations leaders out there when it comes to, to building and scaling teams? So I would say two main things, which is uh, be your leadership and your team's best friends. So they, they need to trust you and that's super important. So make sure that you build an environment of trust from either side because you'll be in the middle. And you need to be fair for both sides and you need to make sure that both sides are being heard and that you coordinate uh, everything in a fair way. And then the second thing is to ask for feedback and check in constantly with your team because without them, there is no company. And if they're not happy and if you don't know that they're not happy, you can't really do much about it. So checking in constantly, it's, it's key. 100%. Marina? Yeah, I would say uh, I totally agree with Maria. Uh, so I would definitely give that advice. I mean, we are pe we are a team, people operations. We should be the ones driving some things forward, but we can never do it alone. We need to co-create everything we do with the team. It needs to we, we we need to work together like all the time. Get feedback, listen to to what they have to tell us, listen to what their pains are, what their needs are, and then create something that fits that. Um, So, so definitely that. And then uh, something that I would really add uh, is the fact that um, people operations is now growing, right? 
uh, it's something like increasingly being mentioned. Uh, so th there are there is a lot of research to do, and we should really lean on people, ops communities, and peers out there within the tech and um, the tech startup and scale up world. There are plenty of Slack channels, WhatsApp groups, whatever that that we can join and actually find teams with the same challenges, going through the same difficulties, and actually finding a lot of great ideas or actionables coming out from from those groups as well, right? Uh, and to be fairly honest, that's exactly how me and Maria met. So that's very funny. Uh, we just connected on LinkedIn because we were both exactly in the same position. So I was alone in the people ops team in a tech company in Portugal. She was alone in Valley Space. And then we just started connecting and um, we scheduled a Zoom call to discuss some ideas and brainstorm a little bit. And then all of a sudden this, this position at, at Valley Space came, came through and, and I decided to give it a try. Um, I chant your way well. <laughs> into Valley Space. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, by, by the sounds of, you know, you guys talking throughout this whole conversation, a lot of what you do is around, you know, making sure that you're doing the best that you can through research, through understanding. I mean, even the remote policy, you know, Maria was saying you did a lot of research, a lot of reading. And I think that's amazing that it's not just, a, well, this is what I've done before, so this is what I'm going to stick in place. It's a case of, you know, um, crowdsourcing that you know the best in class information um so what about on the what about on the flip side is there any kind of key pitfalls mistakes that you see often made I mean when you've been watching those groups and you see someone say something you think oh maybe, maybe maybe avoid that one um is there anything that you would advise people to you know be cautious of when they're implementing new solutions like this Yes, and I would say not doing what everyone else is doing. So a little bit what you were just mentioning, Lauren, right? Uh, just because someone decides to do a full remote policy doesn't mean that you have to do it as well. And just because everyone else is bringing people to the office, that's also probably not the best for your team. So checking in with your team first and then creating the policy is what you should do, not just, of course, again, you should get inspired by other companies, but then also thinking, what do you guys want? You know, what, what does my team want? Um, and also managing expectations. I think uh, sometimes people overpromise uh, or underpromise, and managing expectations uh, not only for the leadership team but also for the rest of the team is is key to have a smooth uh, process throughout. Yeah, and. Uh... I would say, like, so in in addition to all that, that I fully um, back Maria up, um, I would say that uh, I, I see a lot of people teams as well making just assumptions, you know, just assuming that that's what their team needs, that's what their team wants. And you should see, like, my, my calendar and, or our calendar and our, our time and space is actually filled with, like, having conversations with people you know we're building all of this because we're actually talking to every single person on our team be it team lead leadership team um or just a regular team member or interns even you know like and actually trying to iterate on, on whatever we, ha we have so that we actually don't make any assumptions and i think that's um that's that's really super important to to make everything that media just said a reality as well in terms of like not having one size fits all uh, solution and and managing expectations of the team. Love that. And what would be your what would be your magic wand mm -hmm. thing to fix that you haven't maybe found the the best solution for yet? What would be your? I, I love this question. Um, it really made me think about what it would be. 
And uh, considering the state of where we are currently, so in this high growth uh, uh, status uh, at Valley Space, I would say that if I could, I would make everyone speak the same language. And I don't mean in, the, in terms of if we all speak English or German or Portuguese, I mean in the way we communicate. Because I think that probably 90% of the issues uh, or conflicts arise from people not really understanding each other because I say something, the other person perceives it in another way uh, or they, you know, they just select one part of the information. Uh, so I would say right now, speaking the same language just to make sure that everyone understands each other. And it's funny because I think that that specific situation regarding communication actually aggravated with all this remote work going on, right? So a lot of the, the messages that I receive from Slack, I mean, I might perceive it in a way that actually the other person doesn't mean it at all that way, right? So that, that becomes a, a much bigger reality and, and problem to solve, let's say, with the magic wand. So I, I would just mention two things. So I think we figured out the secret recipe to remote working, more or less, right? Uh, as Maria said, our policy is not yet uh, bulletproof, but it's it's getting there. I think the next step for us and what I would do with the magic wand now is figuring out the topic of remote collaboration, right? So how can we help our team collaborate remote in a remote setup? Uh, and then definitely the second thing, obviously, as a people, um, ops person and and obviously a people pleaser i would really try to figure out a way of how i can please everyone and make everyone happy and engaged and motivated at the same time in exactly the same way you know because i think it's the one of the hardest challenges for us every time we build the policy and we think like yes like everyone is gonna be happy with this you know everyone is gonna love this um and then all of a sudden we have like you know, two, three, whatever, how many people um, not happy with what we've done or, you know, and then again, we have to iterate on that, but then there are other people that are not happy. So it's a constant uh, challenge that I would just really like to have it solved and only possible with the magic wand. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're never going to please everybody with no. everything, right? <laughs> um, I love how, and I've said this a few times, but I love how passionate you both are about this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really refreshing conversation to me to have this conversation. And by the way, if you want to, to thrash out the remote working piece in terms of collaboration, it's something that Seed actually do really well. So let's maybe have that conversation as well. Yes, um, for sure. And so what is your, just to, just to finish off a, a, a lighthearted question, because this has been quite an in-depth conversation. So something that you are really passionate about, can be professional, can be personal, could be both. What's the thing that makes you tick? Uh, so definitely what, what I'm doing right now. So my, my role at Valley Space is something that, um, that really makes me tick, as you said. I really love the fact that I, uh, that I know I gain people's trust and that I, really, that, I, that I know that they can count on me to help them out with whatever they need. I think that's a very, very special thing I was able to build here with Valley Space. And that's only also possible, not only because of, of myself, but also because of the team that I work with. So um, it has been great and, and it, I'm really passionate about what I'm doing right now. Um, and then definitely my dog, Sorry, <laughs> my dog. I, get it. <laughs> I totally agree with Mediana. Um, I would just add that for me, it's all about you know, the, the moments that we share together. I think those are the, the ones that bring most joy for me. Um, I think I, I really like to create the memories with the team. And, you know, I always imagine myself in the future when I'm older, thinking back, uh, what will I remember? And I think I will remember, you know, our company retreats, 
the time when, again, we saw a rocket launch all together or the time when uh, someone lost their pants <laughs> at a company retreat. So this, <laughs> this happened. <laughs> I won't say who, but <laughs> the person, if they listen to this, they will know. <laughs> Um, but those are the funny stories, right? And I think that's that's what made me tick, not just professionally, but also personally. Those are the things that um, bring some warmth into my heart. You guys are so nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you um, that you want to to discuss? Is there anything else that you want to kind of raise as your final points today, guys? I mean, thank you so much for the conversation. It's been really interesting. Thank you so much as well. Uh, I've had a lovely time talking about this. Uh, I could go on and on, <laughs> uh, especially me and Mariana, we, we really love these topics and uh, we've been discussing them for so long that we, we really like to share our learnings and also what we do at Valley Space and hearing from other people what they're doing um, always inspire us. That's why we also write now some uh, blog articles telling people what we're doing, not necessarily to tell them that this is the right way, but more as, hey, did you know that we're actually trying this out? And if you want to talk about it, uh, give us a call. You know, that's always our mindset um, because that's also how you, you grow and how you learn uh, in not only professionally, but also personally, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you so much, Lauren and, and Seed for hosting us. Uh, it's been really a lovely chat. As Maria said, we could go on and on. Uh, you said we have cool jobs, but I think you have a really cool job being able to talk to a lot of cool and smart and, you know, uh, interesting people, ops people um and teams so i'm sure that's that's a super cool job and something that me and maria would love to do <laughs> well you can I'm always sure. watch, you can always watch them all back you know <laughs> for sure for sure yeah i'm sure you're on by now a vault of uh, knowledge right uh, from everything that you've been hearing yes stealing all the good bits absolutely <laughs> um, so yeah thank you so both so much for your your time and your insights and openness to you know talking about everything from um diversity to rocket science to losing your pants I love that um, <laughs> really hugely appreciated it's been great hearing more about you both as well as well as about better space um, and you know good luck with everything and get in touch with us if we wanted if you want to discuss additional things as well because you know I'd love to to share some more things with you guys and I'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing in the future as well um and you know we can't see we can't wait to see what's next so yeah let's definitely do that and also feel free to visit us in lisbon we always like to to welcome people and i mean lisbon is a perfect holiday spot so 100%, let yeah. us know if you stop by thank you so much <laughs> thank, thank you, so you. Much. Nice to meet you both. ciao bye